A change must be made. The Dallas Mavericks lose an embarrassing loss to the Phoenix Suns. What do they have to do? Is it the coach? Is it players? Is it a trade? Nico has his work cut out for him on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. Welcome to the Mavericks. don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager of the Locked On Podcast Network, where I've never believed in the if you don't believe you shouldn't be here any less than I do right now today. Thanks for being part of the show and making Lockdown Maps your first listen today with the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video. If you're here from the Suns, at least like the video. If you're going to comment something stupid, at least like the video too. Yeah. And comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section what's one thing the maps need to change after this loss to the Suns. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And joining me, as always, on a postgame, the postgame prodigy, which you got for me, slightly biased. You know it's serious, folks, when Nick starts with a statement that serious staring into the camera. <laughs> Speaking to your soul. Speaking right into your soul. Cubes, if you're watching this. Loyal listener, if you're watching this. Sint Marshall, I know you've listened to the show before if you're listening. <laughs> a change that, must be made. That would be shocking. The, the whoever, starts, listen, whoever listens on behalf of Jason Kidd, please please send, yes. send along. A change needs to be made. It's just funny because Nick's like, all right, here we go. Three, two, one. A change <laughs> must be made. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. This was an embarrassing loss for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, this one's embarrassing. There was... After the, the Mavericks have lost several games this season that I have gone off on, that I have yeah. said, these are bad losses. I looked at them. I blamed Jason Kidd for a lot of them. I said, hey, there has to be a change made for some of these because they lost the teams that they were more talent. They were more talented than. Right. This is not necessarily one of those losses. The big three for the Suns has been amazing mm-hmm. since their start to the season. They started the season not great since they've been together. Do you know that the three of them together have a hundred and thirty-two offensive rating? Yeah, their offense is... And like 113 defensive rating, which is like still really good. It's really good in this league right now. And so those three, that team is has been very good since they've gotten healthy and gotten together. They should be very good. They've got three freaking all-stars. And it was just Luka versus them. But the way that this Mavericks team collapsed, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. This is not like the Celtics game. After the Celtics game the other night, there was some fans on, you know, there were some fans that were saying, oh, so this is so embarrassing. And I was like, you know what? You just lost to the best team in the league. And they at least stuck with them. It was like a nine-point loss. I didn't feel like it was that embarrassing. They had their opportunity. It hurt that they didn't get it. This one, complete opposite. Embarrassing. Completely embarrassing. 44-point swing in this game. And yes, you had the lead because you're shooting an insane percentage from three. But this has been my thing. I'll let Slightly talk eventually. This has been my thing with this Mavericks team. If they don't hit threes, what the hell else are they doing on offense? Right? Like, what else... Second quarter, 6.23 left in the quarter. They're up by 16. By the 38-second mark in the third quarter, down by 28, a 44-point swing in like a quarter and a half. That's almost unbelievable. Hey, you are you ready? Uh-huh. Why? Why? Was there a swing that badly? 44-point swing. How and why? How this swing? Is, this is... <laughs> 
This is the first game this season. There's been embarrassing losses. We've come on here and said, oh, this might be the worst loss where they look completely <laughs> they look completely checked out and not focused. Yeah. This was one of the first times where I felt like they like quit in the middle of the game almost. Right. Like they got punched in the mouth by the Suns. Like we said, they're an incredible offense. And you knew that, you know, after the first quarter, that wasn't going to hold for the rest of the game. The, the Mavs weren't going to shoot 70% from three. The Suns weren't going to shoot 10% from three or whatever it was. You know, you knew things were going to stabilize. But then the sun started pouring it on, and the Mavericks just got punched and got taken out of the game again by external things, by getting mad at the officials, getting into a little tussle. They've never won a game when Grant Williams has got into a tussle. I appreciate it. You know, I, I like the dog, but it's like we've lost every game because the other team's like, hey, you're not going to do that to us. And then they punch the Mavs in the mouth. and like, oh, my God. Now the Mavericks are scared, and now it's just like their back's against the wall, and they have no idea what to do. And that's what happened again. Well, then- From that point forward, the game was like over. Every single person listening to this that has taken their dog to a dog park and knows, like, there's the dog that'll, like, yap at your dog outside of the fence. As soon as, like, your dog walks by, as soon as they're, like, yapping at him, they're, like, <laughs> like, they're going at that dog. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you get in the gate, and then the dog's, like, hunches yeah. back, and, like, the tail goes down, and it's nervous, and you're, like, that's what I felt like the Mavericks were. They were going at him. They were hitting their threes. They were they were putting in the effort on defense. Like it, I felt like Grant Williams was getting into Nurkic and he was getting in his head and then getting into KD and like there was the triple technical thing and like the Mavs had this momentum and then all of a sudden the call started going the other way. The threes stopped falling in the second quarter and they <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> they fell apart, man. And they have to make some kind of change because like you said, they quit. And yeah. so uh, it, it's either the coach or the players, right? It's one of those two. Those are the, those are the ones that participate in the game. It's yeah. not a Nico thing. It's not an ownership thing. Cuban was walking out of the arena and I was, and like, there's a couple of boos like here and there as he walked by and you know, there's a couple of things. And I was like, I looked over at, uh, I was standing next to Landon Thomas. And I was like, they can't even scream, sell the team at him anymore. Like, like, yeah, like, they can't even do that. So what does it have to be? It's either the coach or it's the players. And yeah. here's my thing on both fronts. First of all, there was no Kyrie in this game. It did hurt them for sure. He has stepped in as like a, a leader, really great influence role. And so they basically had like, you know, Dwight Powell's been out of the rotation. He was out because he got hit in the face. Apparently Dwight Powell too close to the sun, for lack of a better term. They, they didn't have any of their leaders basically on the court. Luca, yeah. you know, we'll talk about him for sure and his his actions <laughs> during this game. But they didn't have any of their leaders out on the court. And so as soon as it started going the wrong way, it it went downhill for him. And so here's my thing about both the player, the, the coach in Jason Kidd and the players who I will use Tim Hardaway Jr. as the like poster child of it. It's not completely on him, but I'll use him as the poster child. If you're going to replace Jason Kidd, and there's a ton of, Nick, you better come out on this show and say, fire Jason Kidd. You better come out and say, you got to trade Tim Hardaway. Get rid of that bum. Like, okay, if you're going to say that, you absolutely have to replace him with somebody that's better. Either the coach or the player, Tim Hardaway, Grant Williams, name whatever player, Derek Jones Jr., name Luca, freaking name, name whoever. They have to be better or else the bottom will fall out like last year. Yeah. Okay, that, that's where that's where you are right now. So if you're like, just fire the coach. I don't think if they just fire the coach or if they just trade Tim Hardaway, it automatically gets better. There are problems with this team and problems with this roster, and they have not fixed some of those. And there's it, it, it's a problem that 
has was gone back to Luca's rookie year, right? Like go go back, yeah. like go back farther than that, where they didn't tank long enough to get better players. Look at what the Thunder are doing. Slightly, how good is that Thunder team right now? They're incredible. They are like a legit championship contender right now. <laughs> like it, it is insane. But no, this is this is like I just want to win, man. I just I don't want this team to win. I'm a fan first and foremost. I want to watch this team win. And this was an organizational failure tonight. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. An absolute organizational failure. Because uh they just uh the the, the roster, kid had some comments after the game, the roster, yeah, you we'll can just tell the Suns outclassed them. Top to bottom, the Suns outclassed them. Uh Coaching was pathetic. I mean, how many times are we going to hear the same exact thing in the press conference? That's what I want to know. I agree with you with the coaching thing. I've said it before. People think I'm like a Jason Kidd defender and like, oh, I want Jason Kidd. I want a statue well, of you Jason say, Kidd. You say one half positive thing about Jason Kidd and you're, you're a yeah. Jason Kidd defender. I, I, I've i I've said, you know, maybe you, Kidd deserves some flowers for the fact that this team has been so injured and they're five. They were five. They're now four. Like it's creeping towards 500. But now at a point, it's like, all right, how many times – are we going to hear in the post-game presser, oh, they need to be more locked in, they need to be more composed. Okay, uh, are you guys going to do something about it? I mean, you're the coaching staff. And if you guys can't do anything about it, then you get your get the bleep button ready. I'm ready. Are you actually ready? We're... Because <laughs> if, if the players, these professional NBA players... Man, it, like we're str- how, it's like every other game. This team just gets completely taken out of the game. By they themselves. just do. Yes, they they get frustrated at the refs. They yell at the refs. Um, they yell at the refs. They they get into it with players. They get into it with role players, and they get frustrated when their shots not falling. That's what's really frustrating. First the first quarter. Three. They're raining threes. Their defense is really good, man. The Seven of ten from three. <laughs> yeah. Like- and the defense is really good. They're flying around. They're locked in. They're forcing turnovers. They're forcing tough shots. And the Suns, to their credit, made adjustments and started making threes. But then once the Mavs stopped making threes and things stopped going their way, the defense was pathetic. I mean, it, it was horrible. Rotations were terrible. Not getting back on defense. You know, hanging your head after misses. Uh, walking up the court because you're yelling at the refs. That just can't happen. It, it feels like a mentally weak team. Like, that's just really the, the situation at hand after a game like tonight. How do they change it? How do they change that defense? How do they change the defense that seems to only be reliant on 100% complete total effort? And if they don't give it, then they lose. They lose like fully. I asked Jason Kidd about that. We'll hear what he has to say coming up. Today's episode brought to you by Grammarly. Grammarly is something I use every single day, maybe every single second of every day because I type things. And if you've ever read my tweets and I send it from my phone, it's like, a 50% chance there's a typo in it. It's just every, it's just every time. Uh, Grammarly helps you with those, those kind of things. It catches things. It also catches like syntax errors and all kinds of things. I've been using Grammarly Premium for the last couple of weeks here, and it's just helped me so much to decide which words to use. Do I use whom in this case, or do I use something else? When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. You can also, man, I use this in college all the time, where I'll just take an entire paper, open up the Grammarly app on my desktop, put it all in there, and just, it tells me little things to fix, and little words, and where to put commas, and semicolons. I don't know when to use the semicolons still, but Grammarly does, and they'll help you find out where that is. Start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's me. To download for free today, that's Grammarly.com slash podcast. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Check out Grammarly today. 
Also want to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is go to Prize Picks and it's daily fantasy where you're not playing against a bunch of sharks. You're not playing against a bunch of guys that are trying to make you lose. You're, you're playing against projections. So you see it up front in front of you. All you have to do is sign in, download it, and you can go and pick a couple of you know projections for this weekend. So like Isaiah Pacheco from the Kansas City or you know, for the Chiefs playing against the Ravens. 64 and a half rush yards. I'll go more on that. Uh, there's a special right now. Christian McCaffrey against the Detroit Lions. 0.5 rushing yards. If you think Christian McCaffrey gets one rushing yard, you pick the more on that. That's maybe like almost a guaranteed get right there. And then let's go Lamar Jackson. 64 and a half rushing yards. You know what? I'll go less on that. I have no idea why. I'm just going to put down 20 bucks on that. If all three of them hit, I get $100. So check it out at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Put in $100. Bucks, they'll match it $100. Bucks, and so you have $200 then. That's how math works. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. We appreciate each and every one of you, even if you're a Suns fan. We do. You're a Suns fan. You got to listen to – you got to watch the – the Kardashian Pez dispenser every single game. I just, you know, I respect that. <laughs> What's the Kardashian Pez dispen- dispenser? <laughs> That's the nickname we gave Booker during the, the during the 2022 oh. playoffs. <laughs> Pez dispenser? Does he look like a Pez dispenser? <laughs> yeah, you have you ever seen those pictures of him when he drives and he, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. flops and his mouth is wide open? I got I always get pushback for my Devin Booker opinions. But I you eat, know what? Like but them. you know what's worse than being a Pez dispenser getting beat and <laughs> getting beat by forty <laughs> by the yeah. Pez dispenser and him going off for twenty two in the third quarter. They had no answer on defense, and this is a problem we've had with the Mavericks defense for I don't know two years now. It's ever since they went to the Western Conference Finals and tricked us. They tricked y'all. They tricked us into thinking they were a good defensive team. And I asked Jason Kidd about it because I wanted to know how do you go from this full effort team, is it just not sustainable? So I asked him about it. And I think I think he had some really interesting things. Follow me here on this. Uh, he also talks about some things that he wants to see changed. And I think he pretty much was pointing up to the front office on this one. Luca mentioned that when the when your guys' defense puts in the right amount of effort for a whole game, you're really hard to beat. And that's been true this season. But then when you don't have it, you have the 44-point swing that we had tonight. How do you either change the defense so it's not just totally relying on that or get them to – put that effort in yeah it's hard when you're playing these many minutes with minute restrictions uh injuries you know it's you're, you're running these guys hot you're running Luca hot and you know Kai scratches so one of your best players is out and so you have to insert and so things change someone's um you know preparation changes from coming off the bench to starting um and so again you know, we got to be pros next man up. We weren't good enough tonight. Give credit to the Suns, but it comes down to effort. Luca's right. It's really simple. If you give the effort, good things will happen. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to win, but it gives you an opportunity, and that's all you can ask for, and we just didn't do that tonight. Are you still looking for that defensive leader on that side of the ball? Yeah, he's somewhere out there. Uh, not a different team? <laughs> no, he's on our team. It's just, you know, we, we are not consistent. You know, we have role players who have to play at a high level. That's just the nature of our roster. It is. We got, you know, we got guys who are making minimums that are playing at a high level. We stretched them here in the first half of the season. And they're going to make mistakes and they're going to miss shots. Uh, But we're going to keep encouraging them to continue to keep taking those open shots. 
And at some point, they're going to bounce back. But they played a lot of minutes, these guys. And so um, we, we just got to understand that. And we got to stay together and keep fighting. We've stretched our roster. Isn't he looking straight up at the front office and saying, hey, look, I'm playing Derek Jones Jr. a lot of minutes. He's on a minimum. I'm playing Dante Exum, and I should have started him tonight probably, uh, but he didn't even he didn't play that great. Uh, he had some funny quotes about that too. But he's on a minimum. I've got a rookie center because he couldn't find another center, you know, before and we were playing a we were playing our starting center nine minutes a game, even in the playoffs two years ago when we were good. It he's he stretched the roster at this point. And it sounds like Kid is to the point where he wants he wants a change. And Kid obviously wants it in the roster. The fans want it in Kid. What's yeah. the what's the right change to make? To me, the it can't be you can't be fully reliant on effort all the time. There's there's always going to be some level of effort to the defense, but it's just not sustainable. And it, we've seen it this season, and obviously last season. Yeah, this is why I was saying this is an organizational loss. There's no singular fix. I do think more like what's a bigger need: a coaching change or a roster change? Easily a roster change, easily in my opinion. A, a trading for a, a bigger player who can play defense for you will do a lot of wonders for this team. And somebody who's hopefully not uber one-dimensional because this roster is just filled to the brim with one-dimensional guys. And uh, even then, they're inconsistent with the one dimension that they find themselves in. It's <laughs> like a, this roster reminds It's like this team currently is like Saving Private Ryan at the beginning of the movie when the guys have like their intestines hanging out <laughs> of their body. <laughs> But see, like that was the, the average. Do the like, players have their intestines. That was out? the, the fans have their. Year. I felt like I had my intestines out at the end of last this game. year. The Mavericks had their intestines out, and then the medic came and stuffed their intestines back in. And now we're starting to heal up the wound, but it's going to take some time, and it sucks. As a fan, it sucks, man. I I get it. I get it. I I want you guys to know because I see some people say this. Oh, we're not on the Mavericks payroll. Do you guys know that? I don't think a lot of listeners understand that. The Mavericks do not pay us. I've I've had people tell me it's called Locked On Mavericks. It's Mavericks yeah. in the name. You, you're paid by the name. It's like, no. My co-host yeah. used to be Isaac Harris. He's Yo, gone. The the new co-host is not. Let me tell you. He something. doesn't get paid by the Mavericks. <laughs> I don't get paid by the thing about the Mavericks and their, their roster is I agree with Jason Kidd that like they've stretched it thin. They've got They've got salaries on the roster that are not pulling their weight, basically. You've got $12 million in Rashawn Holmes that's not getting played at all. You've got $17 million in Tim that he, he's either awesome one game or he's just like so detrimental the next game. It's just such a swing either way. And that's a symptom of the, of the roster. You know, you've got, you know, your your best your third best player is a rookie center is a rookie center who against certain teams, like against this Suns team, it's just hard, it's hard to play them. Same thing with the Celtics, where he didn't play a lot in that second half because they played smaller and they switched a lot. And you've got to run out and you know, like close out to shooters. It's just hard. And it's too hard in the NBA right now. You can't just have two stars and that's it. Yeah. You look back at some of these teams, you go, man, if only if only I had another star by with, next to Luca, then then they'd be set, right? Well, look at the Lakers are 22 and 23. They have LeBron and AD who both might make the All-Star team this well, year. You look at the Warriors, they have Steph and, you know, and I guess Clay and, you know, whoever else. I guess they don't have stars anymore, but like you just look down the down the NBA and it's like the Hawks have DeJounte Murray and Trey Young and they're 18 and 26. Like it just it's not just two stars anymore. You've got to yeah. have complementary players around, which is why I talked about OKC. They're tied for number one in the West right now. 
Well, it's also more than that. The Lakers are kind of similar to the Mavericks. They have their two stars, but then they, they surrounded them with a bunch of one-dimensional players yeah. where it's like, if you need offense, you sub this guy in. You need defense, you sub this guy in. And that's that's a tough situation to be in because, you know, do we need Tim Hardaway Jr. out there for points and, and, and shooting and scoring? Yes, we do. Okay, well, then our, our defense is going to take a really big hit. And then if we get some other guys out there like Maxi or Derek Jones Jr. at this point, we give them out there for their defense. Well, we know offensively we're going to struggle a little bit. And that's, that's really the next direction. Like for me personally, when it comes to the coaching thing, I, I've a fire kid tomorrow for all I care. I, I don't, I just, I don't feel super tied to him. Like you said earlier, the, the coach needs to be better. Whoever you bring in next needs to be better. Um, which you never know. The grass isn't always greener in that Milwaukee bucks, Milwaukee bucks, um, the Los Angeles Lakers. Like we've seen it before where, Fans like so done with their coaches. The Hawks, how many different times? How many coaches have the Hawks cycled through over the last five years? Yeah, but, Quinn uh, Snyder, he's like regarded as one of the best coaches in the league, and he's 18 and 26. Yeah, they've fired coaches midseason like four times, and they just keep cycling through them. But uh, the first time it worked. Twice, the first time true. it worked. The Lloyd, then, was it the Lloyd Pierce one? Was, was yeah, the one Lloyd that Pierce worked. and then Nate McMillan. But Nate McMillan, that was uh, anyone who's followed basketball is like, Nate McMillan? You guys are committing to that? Okay. But uh, <laughs> it's like a, that's like the great value, Doc Rivers. <laughs> Yeah, but my thing is, is like, if you get a new uh, head coach, the roster problems are still going to be there. Like, and, and that's the reality. Yeah. Maybe maybe a new coach can change the scheme, change the scheme or tweak the road, tweak the rotations here and there. Like, I, I think just to go away from the Mavericks, a new a new coach, Doc Rivers is going to have the same problems Adrian Griffin did where yeah. our defense is bad. But guess what? You still have two not very good perimeter defenders in your starting lineup. And that's going to make things difficult. Maybe he can change it. I don't know. But uh, to me, I think roster changes are needed more than coaching changes. But again, like I don't care. Like if you want to fire a kid, cool. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and argue. And to me, I don't think the change that they can make is gonna ha- is is able to happen this year. They make a no. change for a coach this year. He's not gonna come in and add a scheme or you know, like reinstall a new offense that changes at midseason. So rarely ever happens. And they're not gonna make it. They don't have enough assets to trade for a player that completely changes everything that you do during the yeah. season. So, coming up, let's talk about this roster right now. And let's start with Luca, because it does start with Luca. What happened with him? His attitude? He apparently threw out a fan. And so, we'll talk about that a little bit. Talk about all that and get into it coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the answer for if you have several different problems. You've got, here's one problem. You go to the grocery store and, like, I go to the grocery store every other week. And then I, I check out and I go, it's what? It's how much now? It felt. It feels like it's doubled in price for the over the last three years, two years basically. It, groceries are so expensive. Then I bring them all home. Then I'm like, oh, I'm tired. So then I'm like, well, I'll just get takeout or something, or something else because I'm tired. And I don't want to make food. And then my life is so fast that I don't know what to make and I don't know what new things. I don't have the energy to try and figure out a new recipe. Hunger Root is here to fix those two problems because. They have you covered with all kinds of fresh, high-quality food delivered straight to your door. They've got healthy groceries, simple recipes, all in one place. Take a fun, short quiz, at, uh, and Hungry Root will help you know your goals, what you like to eat, they'll ask you for what your flavors that you like, what kitchen appliances you use, all that stuff, so they know exactly what to send you, what recipes to send you, and you won't waste food because you're using just the things that they send to you. Hungry Root goes beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use so you don't waste something. Right now, Hunger Root is offering Locked On NBA listeners 40% off your first delivery and 
Check this one out. Free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. HungryRoot, R-O-O-T dot com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use the link so they know that we sent you. HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Shut it down! Let's go home! All right, Slightly. Let's talk about this team. We've, like, talked about what happened in this game, like, 0% so so far. (laughs) It feels like it's just the same story, though, for just, a lot of these games. It just fell apart. And yeah. it, to me, like, this team is taking on Luka's, it's taking on Luka's uh, problems and his, <sighs> it's taking on some of his weaknesses, right? He's Here still, we go. He, for as good as Luka is, he's got the, he's got a couple of weaknesses that we've talked about. And one of them is, is complaining to the refs. He got a technical at the end of the, you know, the, the, the first half where he's going to the locker room and they get a technical. So then you're down, you're, you're down one. Zero seconds into the into the third quarter because of the technical free throw that Booker hit. By the way, the Suns went on an eight a nine zero run in a minute twenty two to start the third quarter. Game over right there. And kid called a timeout for all for everyone that's like looks at kid and is like call a timeout to stop a run. It was an eight zero run in a minute twenty two. He called a timeout and then they went on some another run and then he called timeout again. It just nothing changed. Yeah, but with Luca, the, the attitude towards the refs and some of these things, I think. The injuries, he was holding his ankle. He was questionable before this game. I think like that wears on him. The calls wear on him. The missed threes wear on him. And then all of a sudden, it just goes completely into a mode where it, it, it it's almost like, oh, I, I can't drag this team every single night sometimes, especially with the roster without Kyrie like they have right now. Yeah, it kind of sucks because the last time we did this like a month ago against the Suns, we were I came on here and said, Luka's the best player in the NBA. Like it's time. He's reached yeah. that point. He's reached that point as an offensive talent that he's just in such complete and total control, and he obviously still is that level of player. He but, looked at uh, it in this game at times. Yeah, yeah. No, the Suns were the Suns made an adjustment to hard double Luka and yeah. force everyone else to beat them, and no one else beat them. So that's really what it boiled down to offensively for the Mavericks. But, um, yeah, no, I agree. I've, I've shared the same sentiment. It's a sentiment that will get you yelled at. But it is true, though. Like, the, the team goes as the best player goes. Even if the best player doesn't necessarily want to be a vocal captain, which I don't even know if that's true or not for Luka, but – it felt like early in his career, at least, that was the case. Like, they were cool with Dorian being the vocal yeah, captain. He's gotten a lot more vocal. Yeah, for agreed. Sure. Agreed. That's just what it looks like to, as an outsider. But, uh, yeah, the, the uh, yelling at the officials and not getting back on defense, that stuff does trickle down. And if and if you think it doesn't, it does. If you've ever played sports at any level, that's just true. You go as your best player goes, always. And, uh, yeah, I mean, can't blame this game on him at all. But, as I said earlier, it was an organizational game. I think everyone involved has a share of the blame Kyrie it's not his fault God bless him but he's missed so much time and it's hurt this team and it's just true and he's been incredible when he's been on the floor uh his pace his activity all of it has been amazing when he plays and I love him to death and I want him to play every game (laughs) but his absences have hurt the team and that's just it's not his fault obviously it's no one's fault but you know it just and they were they were an underdog at home going into this game yeah without Kyrie they were not expected to win this game no, but the, the loss th- itself doesn't doesn't isn't what's the problem. No, they playing against three all three all stars against one, right? But I will say, whenever you know, because the la- the last episode we said that that wasn't an embarrassing loss, and some people it didn't like that and stuff. I will say, as a fan, when the losses start to pile up, they get worse and worse and worse over time. So, like one bad loss in a sea of wins doesn't really matter much because it gets washed away. But three, four, five bad losses in a two week span. Each, all, each new additional loss hurts more and more and more. Well, and the Celtics loss also wasn't a 16-point 
like, yeah, I mean, leads this is... that turn into a 28 point deficit in a quarter and a half, right? That's and that's yeah. where that's where the frustration comes from. That's where, and I think you listening to this feel that same thing is they let it just completely get away and they gave up. They quit. Yeah, and that's so why. How do you change that? Because it's not coming from the coach. We've gone over that several times where he's not going to be the guy that comes out and goes rah rah screams and even defends players to the refs and screams at him like just just making it like Rick Carlisle did this all the time where he would just make a demonstrative he still does this I saw him do it the other day he just makes a demonstrative like scream at the ref he knows that he's probably wrong about this but it doesn't matter he's defending the player yeah and kid doesn't do that at all for whatever reason he doesn't want to do that anymore no. or, or doesn't want to do that at all doesn't want to doesn't want to even raise his voice very much you, you never barely ever hear him raise his voice uh and Puts his hands in his pocket, and that's how he gets the Kevin James meme that's that's been, that's been going around. It is so funny to me. Uh, so they have to make some kind of change, and I I don't think a coaching change will fix this in the middle of a season. If they do, it'd have to be in the off season so they can start something new. I don't think that they have the assets to change this. I think that they'll be what they are. And to me, I. Talked to a fan about this today where the fan was like, hey, I don't understand why people are so down on the Mavericks this season if they knew what the Mavericks were going in. This is a gap year for the Mavericks. Figure out yeah. what Luka and Kyrie are together, which has not gone great because of the injuries, but they've been pretty good together. Figure out what they are together and then figure out who else you can take with you to a title potential run next year. When you make a big improvement this offseason with the three first-round picks and Lively's a year older, you've got second year of Exum, Hopefully Derek Jones Jr. stays around. Like you've got some of these pieces that you feel like can take the step forward with you. Man, well, unless unless this team fixes their effort problems, it's not, none of it's going to matter. I'm telling you right now. Like genuinely, yeah. this is a problem that's plagued this team for a long time now, and it has to get weeded out. You're going to lose games. I, that's cool. You're gonna you're gonna lose heartbreaking games, and you know what? You're gonna have a game here and there where, for whatever reason. You know, maybe you got maybe it's a back to back, and you got in late the night before. Or you're just tired. You didn't sleep well. You're gonna like the team's gonna have games where they just don't have it, and that is what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, how many losses of their last ten have we come on here and been like that energy and effort was horrible? It's yeah. really bad, right? And we've seen Luca in, like mature a lot from last year to this year. And it's not just Luca. And, and, and take a step forward. He's the leader of the team, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, he is. We've seen Kyrie take more of a, a leadership role. And like, so they're, they were trending in the right direction, and they're trending in the right direction, but they're trending from their guts being out of their body, right? Yeah. <laughs> you said earlier. Let, I want to take the last couple of minutes and talk about, so Tim McMahon tweeted in the middle of the game, Luka Doncic asked security to eject this Suns fan who was sitting two rows behind midcourt press row. The comment the fan made that drew Doncic's wrath was, Luca, you're tired. Get your get your on a treadmill. And apparently that was the quote that made that made Luca turn around and ask that fan to be ejected. Luca gets on the stand in the presser and says to Tim McMahon, of course you'd be the first one to say something about that, to put something out about that, to be negative about me. And him and Tim McMahon went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I was sitting right there and he, you know, they're going back and forth. And then all the other reporters who were all sitting there because the fan was literally two rows behind where this section of media sits, not where, not where I sit, but it's where they were. And he's like literally right there. And Luca insists that that's obviously not the only thing that that, that fan said the whole game. It's not like they just said that one thing. 
you know, get your ass on a treadmill. And he just ejected him, but he was screaming at him the whole time. And he was, you know, that, that fan was doing that. And that's why Luca eventually got fed up with it. Got the, the frustration, got the best of him. And that's when he asked that fan to get ejected. And he says, I don't want fans to get ejected. They pay the, they pay money to come. <laughs> that's literally what he said. They pay money to come see the games. And I think this is, if I'm going to go like armchair psychologist here for a second, Luca gets frustrated and he gets flooded. And when he gets flooded, when his emotions are too much for him, that's when he gets texts then wants fans to get thrown out and it gets to his last nerve and runs into three players on defense and then throws a terrible turnover. Like, I think he just gets overwhelmed by it because it is a lot. They're asking yeah. a lot. And he's been so good in his career that to be on that level all the time is impossible. And they haven't put the support around him to help him to not have to be that all the time, especially when, you know, Kyrie is going to be out and then – other players on the team aren't stepping up because the roster is what it is, and it's an organizational failure, and that's what Slightly said earlier because it's completely right, and that's why they lost this game, and the changes have to be made. It has to come, and there's not a great answer as to what it is. They'll continue to play like this. They'll have some good stretches where we'll be like, yeah, this team, oh, great, they're making threes, and all, and then they'll have stretches like this. We go, man, they cannot beat any good teams. Yeah. That's it. That's that. We just want this, I just want this team to win. Denny Avdia, get on the phone. Okay, that's my guy I, now. I, I said that. I said that yesterday. I was like, I don't know enough about Denny Avdia, but he is that like in the mold of like an Aaron Gordon move. Oh, I, I've been I've been watching some film, working <laughs> on something. I'm I'm actually being dead serious. That's my guy now. Okay, we'll talk about trades and all kinds of stuff tomorrow. I think I got Dana Larson on. Uh, so if you want somebody to maybe talk you off the ledge, Dana Larson will probably do that tomorrow because she is, she is very, she's a positive person. So we'll be back tomorrow with her. And then slightly now with the Hawks game and the Kings game this weekend. And then a magic game on Monday. The Mavs keep playing games, man. <laughs> I thought we got a week off. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.